Welcome back to Strategy Simplified. We're excited to dive back into our series on travel. This is the third episode of a four-part series. We started in episodes one and two, talking about the points game in general and how you could maximize that through the use of credit cards. Today, we bring back on the podcast, Trip Twyman, MC coach, current GSB student, and BCG consultant extraordinaire. To discuss his view on personal travel, insight into how BCG handles travel, his personal tips and tricks, as well as plenty of good personal stories along the way. I hope you enjoy the discussion. Trip, welcome back to Strategy Simplified. For new listeners, could you provide us with a quick overview of your background? Hi, Stephanie. Thanks so much. Um, my name is Trip Twyman. I grew up in San Diego, California, did my undergrad at the University of Arizona, a master's of accounting at USC in LA, and then worked at BCG Los Angeles for about three years on a whole host of topics ranging from large-scale change projects like transformations and post-merger integrations to topics like building a racial equity task force for the city of Los Angeles. Um, so consulting was a pretty a pretty wild ride. I would say I enjoyed it. Uh, my years at BCG were some of my favorites. And now I'm an MBA student at Stanford Graduate School of Business. And in a separate coach interview podcast, we dove a little bit more into different parts of the background that you just overviewed. So if there's listeners who want to go back and and look that up, um, then make sure to do that to learn more about Trip. Uh, but today we've got a pretty specific conversation teed up though around <laughs> travel. So if you could just get us kicked off here, Trip, and uh, walk us through BCG's travel model. Did the standard Monday through Thursday consulting travel model hold true in your experience? Yes, on and off. Mm. So I would say, let's start with BCG's travel model. So the way travel works at BCG is that or the staffing model is probably the best way to approach it. BCG's mm. staffing model, they use what's called the personalized staffing model. So every case that you get staffed on, you have a say in that process. You get to mm. articulate what you're looking to get out of the case, what topics you'd want to work on, what skills you're hoping to develop. And your talent manager will work with you to compare that to your actual development priorities and the needs of the teams. And those three things will intersect to, you know, find you the best project for you. Mm -hmm. One of the dimensions that you'll discuss in that staffing conversation is travel, right? So there are some projects that are traveling 100%, some that are traveling, call it 50%, some that are completely remote. And completely remote might mean you're working out of the LA office or in my case, it was the LA office, but just out of your home office, or you might be working from home and doing the work completely remotely. Mm-hmm. And then obviously there's anywhere in between, right? You might be traveling like three quarters of the time or 25%. So uh, it varies project by project, but when we are traveling, typically we do follow the Monday through Thursday model that mm-hmm. has been pretty well established within consulting. Um, within that, there's some flexibility. So if you, A, for personal, you know, conflicts, like if you have a thing on Thursday that you got to be home for, if you've got a thing on Wednesday you got to be home for, of course you can leave early. You talk that through with your team and then make the appropriate arrangements. And then for me personally, I would always come on Sundays because I don't like Monday morning travel. It just kind of stresses me out. So <laughs> that was that was how the travel model looked for me. I can understand that for sure. Uh 
across your three years in the categories that you just set up, um, where did your projects land, you know, in person, at home, remote, hybrid, some of these various versions? Good questions. I would caveat that half of my time at BCG was like COVID work from home time. So there was a lot of non-travel going on in that period. So Mm -hmm. I guess I'll, I'll split it into like a few chunks. My first, call it nine months at the firm, I traveled probably four of the nine months. Uh, My first project was eight weeks in San Diego. So I spent my time there, which is home for me. So that was actually really fun because I got to experience my hometown in a completely new way, getting to like eat out every night. Like there's no way I'm eating out every night when I'm actually at home. And so it was cool getting to eat every meal at like a restaurant. Like I tried all these places that I'd like seen my whole life, but had never actually gone to. Um, Then I was working local, like on local projects for a few months. So these were like projects in LA and we were either working out of the BCG office or out of the client site. There was a client in like, call it Venice beach. And so we would do like a week at the office and then a week at the client site, or we might alternate even like by the day. So we would do like Monday, Wednesday at the client, like Tuesday, Thursday at the office. And then Fridays were in the office, but Fridays are like, like fun Friday. So (laughs) it was like, a really good time. And I, I didn't really think of it as like a super hard work day in the same way that Monday through Thursday were. And then after that, I was on a project in Atlanta. Um, and so I was going to Atlanta for about two months, like a little over six weeks before uh, COVID really took off and everything mm-hmm. was grounded. Once COVID took off, I was working from home, like virtually for basically, I don't know how to count it, but it was probably almost 18 months of just working from home, maybe 14 months, a little over a year, like after we really like went into the COVID work from home model, Mm -hmm. um, I got to be on one of the first projects that came back in person. So I, I really wanted to travel when I was in consulting. That was like one of my, not like the main, but like one of the main things I was excited about in the job was the opportunity to travel and see new places and get to like live life on the road, um, be that (laughs) traveling consultant. So Mm -hmm. when I I got, I caught wind of this project that was supposedly going to be in person and I found the managers and I made sure that I talked to the partners on the team and did what I had to do to like get the opportunity to work on that project. So for that one, it was like the full Monday through Thursday four days a week, but I came on Sunday. So it was like five days a week for almost six months straight um, with like a week or two off here and there because I was traveling over the summer. Um, That was one of my favorite projects at BCG, actually. We had some of like the coolest team events like locally when everyone was in town. So that was really fun. And then after that, for my remaining projects, it was pretty hybrid. Like I'd say 50-50, like one week on, one week off. Mm-hmm. I want to tease out some of the things I feel like I've heard you say so far. One is the project by project nature of things, right? Mm-hmm. That you're staffed on one case or engagement and it's going to be dealing with the nature of the work and the preferences of the partner and the budget and mm-hmm. the, you know, all these different things come together to have the team set some norms and expectations as it relates to travel. 
And then within that, I've also heard you talk about that that personal element, though, as well. Even though that's a team norm and expectation, there's still some room for choice. And you talked about, okay, I can decide, do I come on Sunday night or do I come early on Monday morning? Okay, do I I try to negotiate and ask for, you know, coming home midweek sometimes for special occasions or, you know, specific events? Um, And so this aspect to which, you know, it's not... It's, it's, you're, you're not a hundred percent bound to this contractual agreement around this, yet there's strong expectations and, and norm setting and everything that happens around it. Um, so would you say all that's fair? Yes, definitely. Like there's, there's the travel and then there's the opportunity to make the travel your own. Mm-hmm. And BCG's really, BCG's really big on that, to be honest. Like they've got this mm-hmm. whole thing called PTO, which is like predictability, teaming and open communication. And the the core premise of PTO is that the consulting job is hard, but it doesn't have to be as hard as it could be, right? Like mm-hmm. we should find ways while getting the work done to make the job work for you, whether mm-hmm. that's like fitting around your schedule or making sure that like the big rocks in your life have time to breathe, whether that's like the gym or your partner or the hobbies that are just really important to you, whatever it is, right? And so taking that into consideration, like BCG's like respect for the whole person means Mm -hmm. that when you're traveling for work, they'll still within reason try and give you the flexibility and the autonomy to make that travel work like as optimally as possible in your life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And in that realm, you know, I've already heard you mention and talk about eating out and team events, you know, these things at which um, even if you're only traveling regionally or, if you can sleep in your own bed at night, but other members of the team are traveling from somewhere mm-hmm. else. I mean, when you're actively staffed on a case, then there's still this aspect to which Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, especially, and correct me if this is wrong yeah. at BCG, but certainly the McKinsey culture is, you know, those, those nights, um, there's some effort made often, um, if not always to, you know, on a weekly basis, or even a daily basis, have opportunities to to do things. I mean, everybody has to eat. So, right. you know, you are <laughs> equipped on, you know, uh, the, on, on the, the firm's dime to make sure that you are fed and that you are housed. Um, and we're going to talk tactically in this conversation, too, about kind of yeah. how those decisions are made and how you work through that process at BCG. But then there's the aspect to which, okay, it's not just me figuring that out by myself every week, every night. It's like you and your team, you stay at the same yeah. hotel usually, right? And you right. you get to go out to eat together. Maybe it's sometimes it's with the client. And sometimes we can even kind of ratchet that up a notch and have it yeah. to actually be an event and do something cool and make some memories and, and you know, some type of, you know, either either an off the beaten path kind of place that somebody just finds or do one of the top things on TripAdvisor in that local mm-hmm. area. Yeah. So um, all of this is kind of embodied within this, this aspect of travel within, yeah. uh, within the consulting world. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's honestly figuring out how to do that is one of, at least for me, one of the ways that like you get the closest with your team. Like you, mm-hmm. of course you get close at dinner. And you get close, like at you know, freaking soul cycle and stuff. But like, you also get like, it's important to have the conversations about like, what is that going to look like? Like, imagine you go on a vacation with like six of your friends. 
and it's like a week long thing. And you guys are like, okay, so like, where are we going to eat? And like, are we all going to eat at the same place? Or are we going to like for lunch today, like you get your thing and you get your thing. And the two of us are going to go here. All of that has to be discussed. Right. Mm. And so I think the process on like a weekly or monthly or like project by project basis of setting those norms was actually a really, a really integral part of the experience for me, I would say, because you got to learn more about like the preferences of Mm -hmm. the people you were working with beyond just like, you know, talking to them at dinner. So that was pretty cool. I love that. I think for me personally, that took longer to set in than it should Mm -hmm. have that aspect for me as a, as a, uh, introverted with my energy, like I mm-hmm. need those times of respite and I need breaks. And so uh, I was on plenty of teams with lots of extroverted personalities who would be happy to go from early morning workouts through to yeah. late night drinks, you know, four days in a row. And it's just, I, I kind of woke up and realized at some point, it's like, okay, A, that's not me. B, I have the autonomy and agency to communicate that to others and to have my preferences actually lend to a different experience and have it, as you said, trip something that works for me. Um, And so that finding that balance with the team, I think, uh, and learning about others preferences and kind of making Mm -hmm. it good for everybody. It's tough. It's, it's a tough balance to figure out. Yeah, for sure. That was like the, I mean, the PTO thing I mentioned, that was Mm. like on my, my favorite project, like six month one. Um, That was one thing that we had on the slides because you, you would make like a PTO slide. So everyone on the team would fill out this slide together. And you can imagine it as like a table work across the top of the table is like everyone's name. And then down the side of the table, like each row is a different like dimension of preferences. So you would define things like, what does end of day mean for me? And how many times do I want to have dinner as a group per week versus mm-hmm. like eat alone? And when it's after work, like after call it like 6 or 7 p.m., how should you try to reach me? Mm. Should you text me? Should you call me? Should you email me? What if it's urgent, right? So we laid out all these things and the the travel things, right? The like, oh, your KPIs, like I need to work out this many times a week. I want to have this many dinners together. For mm. me, I made it a point to like stop and watch the sunset. I like really like doing mm-hmm. that. So like while we're just like cranking away, I'd be like, by the way, like I don't really care what time it is, but like unless we're in a, unless we're in a meeting, you should expect me to like disappear for about half an hour, like at sunset time. Or if I'm gone, I'll be watching it somewhere cool. And the mm-hmm. teams are really good at like respecting that. And then people might coalesce around certain things. Like if one person wants to do at least one group fitness class a week and that's their thing a bunch of the other people on the team might join in and say, yo, like, let's all go do that. And so you start like scheduling like a big like group berry session together or like you'd go do like hot yoga. Hot yoga was hard. Um, but we did that in my Atlanta project. Like, <laughs> and it was really fun just as a group. <laughs> like, cause you know, everyone's good at the job, right? Like everyone's a pretty good communicator. They're really strong at like analytics and working with clients and like structuring problem solving. But none of that has to do with like holding your body up in like these weird positions in like a super hot room together. And so you get to just, I don't know, see different dimensions of the people you're working with. And that's probably my favorite part of the travel. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Hot yoga is yeah. my big thing right now. True. Oh dude, it's like, tough. Good oh, for you. I love it. Oh, I've been, <laughs> I've been three times this week already. So, uh, <laughs> and after oh. our next meeting later, yeah, I'm going again later this evening. So, dude, but bravo. it's just, 
the mix of all the different things that are associated with it. You're not just doing a project with other people. You're living life with mm-hmm. other people. Um, all, all to help our clients, you know, reach their objectives and, yeah. and everything else. Are you looking to break into consulting this year? Management Consulted has tons of online resources to help you make the leap. Do you need to optimize your resume for applications? We can help. Need to prep for case interviews? We've got you covered. Or need to build skills for the job? Well, you're in good hands. With thousands of free articles and videos, along with paid ways to engage, we've got everything you need to be confident that you're on the right track. Visit managementconsulted.com to get started today. But if you're not sure where to start, just send us an email, team at managementconsulted.com. We'll direct you where to go or hop on a quick call to answer your questions. We can't wait to walk with you. Again, visit managementconsulted.com to get started on your journey into consulting. Let's let's pivot. Let's talk about tactics as it relates to all this. Great. Let's talk about you know, actually doing the travel, how does that work in BCG? I mean, what's obvious about travel to those in consulting is often a black box Mm -hmm. to outsiders. So walk us through the nuts and bolts. How does booking travel work? Do you have a travel agent? How do you, how how do you pay for it? Is everything Mm -hmm. set by BCG? Kind of, how do you do that? So BCG works with like American Express as like a travel provider service. I think most big companies do. Like in my experience, every big mm. corporation I've worked for used like Amex Travel. Mm. Um, the there were several different ways you could book travel. The most straightforward one, mm, yeah, the most straightforward one, the one that I did most often, at least, was we had like this internal travel portal. So you would mm. go and for flights or hotels, you would look up, you know the dates and the city. It's basically just like looking it up on like Google flights. So like any travel website, the UI was really easy. So you look up where you're going, you put in the project code and whether or not it's client travel, internal travel or personal travel. Um, And I can explain like the personal travel, like alt travel stuff in a minute, but you put in like the type of travel, the project code that the travel is going to get billed to. And then you just make your reservations and it's done super easy. Um, there was also an email address that you could reach out to. Sometimes I would use the email address if I were for sure traveling like on a weekly basis on a longer project. So instead mm-hmm. of going in manually myself and saying like, oh, like, let me book my hotel for this week and let me book my hotel for this next week. I would just write them an email that like, you know, Amex Travel at BCG or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I would say like, Hey team, like I need to book this hotel from Sunday night to Wednesday night for these eight weeks consecutively. Like, please do that. It needs to be like under this much money per night. So if it's, if any of these weeks look like more than that, like let me know and we can problem solve. I'll find another hotel or something. Here's the project code. It's client travel. Boom. And then that's like the most efficient way to do it. Cause then you get just all, all eight hotel confirmations come in, like just back to back to back to back. Everything's taken care of. You can do that for flights too. Um, and then for last minute, like niche stuff, or like last minute or niche stuff, you could also call. I've got the like BCG Amex travel, like phone number on my phone, like basically on speed dial. And I could call them and they always have reps that are super helpful in terms of like, Hey, like I've got this flight, but 
so like a meeting came up and I need to change it. Like, what are the other options? Can we do this quickly? And you can do this while on the go. So that's really useful if I'm on the move and needing to make updates to something, or if I've got a troubleshoot because I got somewhere and there, my plan didn't work. So like, for example, I, um, I was going to a recruiting event at Tuck once, which is at Dartmouth in mm-hmm. Hanover, New Hampshire. So like tiny town. And I, I fly in and I thought I was just going to like call an Uber to like get to campus. But as it turns out, there are no Ubers in Hanover, <laughs> New Hampshire or at the Lebanon airport. There are, there are no mm-hmm. Ubers coming to get you. So I like arrive and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I have no way to get to my hotel. I also booked the wrong hotel because someone like this Tucky was like, oh yeah, just stay at the inn. And I was like, oh, the inn. So I like Google like the inn, the Hanover, New Hampshire. And like the residence inn, my Marriott comes up. And I just assume that's the one because like one of their inn. Turns mm-hmm. out there's an inn right next to Dartmouth, which would have been super convenient to stay at. And that's also where we had our recruiting event. So anyway, I'm staying at the wrong place. I don't, don't have a ride to like get there. And so thank goodness I have this like Amex travel phone number because I call and this woman is so nice and she helps me book a rental car like on the spot. And then I drive my rental car over and it's a great time. And then like that was, it was a fun travel story. I also got to ride in like a six seater plane to get there, which was super cool. Mm. So shout out JetBlue for owning like a small regional air carrier nice. <laughs> that has six seater planes. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's, I guess, I guess the nuts and bolts of how to book travel. Um, mm. The one other thing I'll talk about is like the three different types of travel. So I mentioned mm. like client travel, which is pretty self-explanatory. There's internal travel, which is like for recruiting events or training or like internal conferences. And then there's, this third category called alt travel or in lieu travel. And this is where at BCG, you basically, if you, if I were going to spend $500 round trip getting home on Thursday and then getting back to the client site on Monday, Mm. I could use that $500 instead to go somewhere that's not home. Mm -hmm. Like I could, I could go and which was super convenient actually when I was like working in Atlanta because the cross country travel was brutal. Mm-hmm. It was like, I was never on one time zone. I'd spend like three or four days in Atlanta. And by the time I was adjusting, I'm flying back to LA, which mm-hmm. made it really easy. I went to orange theory at like 5am on Fridays. Cause it was like, it felt like 8am. And it was, so I was like, let's just <laughs> send it. But mm-hmm. then outside of that, like little orange theory benefit, my body just hated it. And so there were some weekends where instead of flying back to LA, I would use my alt travel budget to fly up to like Boston and visit a friend or to stay in Atlanta and just like explore with friends that had, that I had that lived locally. Um, and so that's the third category of travel that you can book. And personally, one of my favorite parts about consulting travel. Mm-hmm. Gosh, absolutely. And, and that kind of opens the door to the strategy I think involved yeah. with all this, right? Um, so this aspect to which, well, I can decide each week and maybe I don't go home. Maybe I go somewhere else. Um, I can decide, you know, what day I come. Is it Sunday night? Is it Monday morning? I can make those decisions myself and pour through the flight calendar or I can send it off to the mm-hmm. general, you know, kind of email for Amex travel or whatnot and have them book something for me. Um, so associated with this is then the points game, right, Trip? 
So, Absolutely. you know, uh, the, the, the heavy traveler gets rewarded for their efforts, uh, across all different medium of travel. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then, uh, especially younger consultants, new consultants, many like to pour a lot of their energy into this. Um, what was your experience with that? Maybe you even want to shout out some of your favorite brands, uh, kind of oh, how yeah. did, has, what's your points game like? They could have it. Oh, my points game is pretty strong right now. I actually was just looking and I have a lot of Southwest points at the moment, um, like a crazy amount because I go to business school at Stanford. And so yeah. I do a lot of like random, like West coast travel. And I think Southwest mm-hmm. is like the most affordable, most convenient, like, carrier for small scale, like regional travel. Mm. So I'd also fly them a lot when I was flying like across the state. Like if I was going from LA to San Francisco, that's an aside. Um, I care about points, but I was, I would, I would call myself like an intermediate points chaser. So there were people at the firm that I would consider like points hardos. Like they were, they Mm. just knew everything. They could tell you literally like the dollar value of a point on like different airlines and hotel chains. And they'd be like, yeah, so like this one's worth 1.3 cents, but this one's only worth like 1.2. So you shouldn't do this one unless you have to. And I was like, dude, what are we talking about? Mm. And a lot of people also have perspectives on like the value you get. So they would talk about different airlines as being like, worse domestically like within the u.s but then if you were doing them like on big international trips they actually had a much better experience so depending on like which one a the travel that you needed to do for work like which one would you have a better experience flying but then also Mm. for your your loyalty and your status like there's a trade-off there right like do you want to have the fancy status on the airline that has the best experience internationally but then you have like fancy status on like an airline that like doesn't have like a great domestic experience or do you want to flip it and a fancy status on the one that's really good in the U S but then internationally, it's kind of like, uh, I don't love it. So mm-hmm. there were things to think about me personally. I ended up as a loyalist to like Marriott and Delta. Mm-hmm. Um, I did this a, because Delta had a cool, all the airlines I think are the big ones have a, like a consulting fast track program. So you can sign up with like your work email address and like link it to your loyalty account. And then they'll give you some crazy promo, like fly this many times and we'll like fast track you to this like super high status level because I mean, for them feels like a good business decision, right? Like we know the consultants are going to be spending money flying. And so I will throw status at young consultants. If it means that that travel money is going to come to my airline. Um, so I'll use those status programs. A lot of the airlines are like the fast track programs. A lot of the airlines also have status match programs. Mm-hmm. So if you get to some super high status level on one, another one will match that status automatically in an effort to just like <laughs> win your business. Mm-hmm. And I even, I, I was talking to a friend who said, hmm, it wasn't a friend. I was in a lounge and there was a girl sitting near me in the lounge who was also like a former consultant. And she was talking to her friends about the fact that I think it was United that had a cool like status match plus one program where if you had like the second highest status level, they would match it, but then give you like the better one in United Mm -hmm. terms. So she went from like having like the second best one on Delta, having the best one on United or something like that. So it's a, it's a pretty compelling offer. Um, Mm -hmm. 
tactically, how do you get these points? Step one, sign up for all the programs. Like literally just make a loyalty account with every hotel, every airline, or if you don't want to just make them all at once, which I think is the most efficient, before you travel, make them. So like if you're going to go book, make a booking and then you realize like, oh, that's a state of Marriott and I don't have a Marriott account, hmm. make a Marriott Bonvoy account. It's mm-hmm. easy and free. Step two, after you do that, in theory, pick one. You don't have to pick one, but if you pick one, you're optimized. You're going to get the, like, you don't want to have like mediocre status at two places when you could have like the best one at one, mm-hmm. especially when that one can get you everywhere you need to go. Mm-hmm. You'll just have a better time. Um, step three, plan accordingly. So once you've got your status, like once you've got your loyalty programs and you've figured out where your loyalty lies, like are you a Marriott or a Hyatt person or like mm-hmm. IHG, then book those hotels, like try and book just those hotels or try and find a way to fly those airlines. Mm-hmm. That's the best. If you really want to get a lot of points, that's the best way to do it. You can also get credit cards. So I actually got like the Amex Bonvoy credit card, which then when I was, when I started at BCG, I would pay for my hotel stays with that credit card. And that gave me a bunch of extra points for using the card. And you can imagine doing the same thing for different airlines or different hotels, or you could get one of the generic travel credit cards, like the Amex Platinum or the Chase Sapphire Reserve, which give you like between three and five X points on hotels, travel, flights, et cetera. Um, all these will accrue a lot of points on the firm's dime. At some firms, what you'll be able to do is spend the money on your personal card and then have the firm reimburse you for those expenses, right? So that's why it makes sense to get the personal credit cards. Mm-hmm. That's how BCG operated when I started. Since the pandemic, they've switched to like a more hardline corporate card approach. So now you have Mm -hmm. to use your corporate Amex. That doesn't change much in terms of the strategy. It just takes away the credit card angle. Mm -hmm. So now like with my corporate Amex, you pay like $50 a year or something. Maybe it's less. And that fee activate... No, it might actually be $50 one time. Um, But whatever it is, it activates the points accrual on that card. Mm -hmm. So then on my corporate Amex, I was earning one point per dollar spent. So obviously it's not the same as like the three points on like the Chase Sapphire Mm -hmm. Reserve or like Amex Platinum's five points with airlines, but it's not nothing. The other thing is that Amex, like this is for the hardos, but like you could argue that like Amex points are worth a different amount than like Chase Sapphire Reserve points which are worth worth a different amount than like venture X points, especially in terms of like how you're redeeming them. Cause if you redeem like the chase Afro's points on travel, then they reserve at 1.5 X instead of one X. So you end up getting a lot more value from the points. This is all like very detailed. You can look it up. There's like Google it. There are websites <laughs> for this. <laughs> yeah. Like if you want to go deep, you can. Um, so that's tactically kind of how I thought maximizing value from points and getting on my loyalty fund. I mean, I just have to point out that, you know, 
trip here is is probably <laughs> rightfully so calling himself an intermediate points junkie in the consulting world and yet the casual observer listening to this conversation would absolutely in your language <laughs> trip be like no 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 he's dropping facts like that's a that's a hardo yeah. right like right. um but all it just kind of it, it percolates into conversation into your decision making yeah. um you know, the team makes some decisions together about like, where are you going to stay or how you're going to travel or who's going to rent the car this week and all those different things. Um, and even though, you know, no money's coming out of your pocket in the process, yeah. like you're still getting points through that corporate card, maybe not as many as in the pre pandemic era. Um, but it's still a nice extra little benefit of having to travel for work. We'll be right back after this quick break. Do you find yourself thinking that there just aren't enough hours in the day to get everything done? Do you want to spend the limited time you do have on tasks and things that can't be outsourced? Of course you do. Try Instacart. Instacart is the go-to service for quick and effective grocery delivery. You select groceries from the hundreds of retailers that Instacart has a relationship with, and then they send out a personal shopper who will do the shopping for you and deliver to you when they are finished. Follow the link in the show notes to activate your two-week free trial of Instacart today. In this two-week trial, you'll have a $0 delivery fee on all orders over $35. You'll get 5% credit back on eligible pickup orders. You'll experience lower service fees on all orders, and you can cancel anytime. Again, follow the link in the show notes to try Instacart for free for two weeks and get time back in your week. Now, obviously, there's downsides to traveling for work. And are, are there, you've mentioned, I think, at least one already. Um, but what comes to mind for you in that? Well, I think the biggest one is like, socially, it mm. can be challenging because you you may want to have a life at home. And that may be challenging to do when you're gone four to five days a week. Mm. Um, I there was someone in our in our office who had like a bunch of roommates. Like I think he was living with like four other guys, mm-hmm. and he he was like really having a tough time because like these four other guys were not consultants, so mm. he would be out of town all week and then come back, and they've like had four days of friendship and palling around and hanging out, and he's like just catching up, mm-hmm. and then he's also like paying the electricity and water bills for this house that like he's barely living in. So that can be one downside. Um, I think the other one other is just that like it keeps you. Some people like the the comfort of like sleeping at home, like Mm -hmm. beyond like the social aspect of like having a life at home. Like I know people who really just liked sleeping in their own bed. Mm -hmm. I personally really like, I think they're nice, but they're not for everybody. And so if you don't like living out of a suitcase and only being able to bring like a couple like outfits a week, wherever you're going, then like it might not be the model for you. Or if you like home cooked meals Mm. and you don't like having to eat out all the time, then it might not be for you. Or like Mm. if you don't like airports, some people really don't like airports and Mm -hmm. to travel, like a lot of times you're going to be in airports. And so there's like, there's just lots of little like things about the lifestyle that I think can be downsides. Mm-hmm. There are some that are you can manage around. Like mm-hmm. for me, one big downside 
would have been like early Monday mornings. Like I wouldn't have liked getting up at like four or five to try and make it to like a 6 a.m. flight so I could be somewhere three hours away by like a reasonable time in the morning to still have a full work day. doesn't sound fun to me. But mm-hmm. fortunately, you had the flexibility. I had the flexibility to change that and to say, I'm coming Sunday night. So that way I don't have to deal with like that early morning thing. Or when I was in Atlanta, this was like a really tough decision for me because it was either take a red eye at like, you know, 10 o'clock or something on Sunday night, get to Atlanta at like 4.35 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I'm like groggy. I'm uncomfortable. I might make it to the hotel for like a nap for like an hour or two before I go to the office. So that's not a good experience. Mm-hmm. But the other, the alternative was leaving LA at like 10 a.m. to get to Atlanta at like 7 p.m. on Sunday. So then I miss my entire Sunday because I spend it like on a plane and losing time with the time change. And mm-hmm. I went back and forth. Like I, I, like I never actually found like a solution that like I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes travel just puts you in tough spots. Mm. It has been great to get to hear a lot of different stories uh, through this yeah. conversation trip. But are there any other memorable moments, memorable travel experiences, whether they're positive or negative, that you wanted to share? Mm, like I think. Some are just like things I saw in different places. Hmm. So like when I was going back and forth to Atlanta one time on the plane, I was sitting, I I was sitting next to this big dude and he had all this jewelry on and I was like, oh my gosh, who is this guy? Hmm. And I couldn't figure it out. He's playing games on his phone the whole time. So I like never really struck up conversation. And then later I see this video of him on Twitter and I was like, I recognize those hand tattoos. And it turns out I was sitting next to Waka Flocka Flame on my flight to Atlanta. So like that was fun. We saw in our hotel in Atlanta one time, we saw Nicolas Cage on a date. Mm. That was cool. Mm. We were like, oh, look at him. (laughs) We were all like sitting, we sat at a table so we like intentionally so we could like see him and see what was happening. Love it. Um, When I was going to Seattle, our Seattle office had a falcon's nest, like a peregrine falcon nest, like on top of the building. So I loved going to Seattle because every time I would just like, I would get to see these falcons flying around the building. And that was not something mm. I was getting in LA. Mm. So, and that was pretty good fun. Um, just experiences like that. Like, I think it's just the, the part of travel where you get to like get around the world, get around the country, see and experiences, see and experience new things and new places and new people. And that really for me, was just such a joy and such a treat of the job. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Any other, as we start to wrap up this conversation, Mm -hmm. any other thoughts, insights, hacks that you wanted to share with the listeners? Um, I'm kind of a big fan of renting cars Mm. instead of lifting and Ubering everywhere while traveling. Mm. My, this is a bit controversial. I would argue about this with my roommate. He's like very hardcore, like, no, you should Uber. Um, But I think if you rent cars, then you get enough like rental points. Like I'd use Hertz. And so Mm -hmm. I have enough Hertz points that when I go on vacation, I can get free rental cars. There's not a world where I Uber enough that when I go on vacation, I'm like getting free Ubers. Mm -hmm. He would say, yeah, but you get like Uber Eats credit, which like, okay, like, do you want free food or do you want like a free rental car on your vacation? Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the rental car. So I think that's a, that's a tip. Um, but beyond that, no, I'd say just enjoy it. Like lean in. If you're going to, 
I think especially when there are travel experiences that come up or like travel requirements that come up that seem a bit inconvenient, instead of wallowing in the inconvenience or like trying to find a way out of it or like to lessen the amount that you've got to do it, mm-hmm. sometimes it actually works pretty well if you lean in and do more travel. So like if you got to go out to like some random place for a day and you're like, God, I don't want to make this day trip. Like how short can I make it? La-di-da. What if you could extend it and just make it like a, like a two or three day thing and like use that time to see a new city, meet some new people, learn some stuff, try some food. Like, mm-hmm. I think if you do that, you can start to have a really good time. Mm-hmm. I did at least. Absolutely. Finally yeah. here, trip. Do you have a location on your travel bucket list? You're trying to hit next. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's not going to be next, but I in business. So in business school, everyone travels all the time. Mm. And coming back from winter break, two of my friends, I saw these videos of them and they were off. Somehow they found themselves off the coast of Madagascar, like free diving with sperm whales. And it looked like the coolest, coolest experience. They had like these videos. You could like hear the clicks from the whales. And if you don't know much, about, I really love animals. Fun fact, Mm -hmm. if you don't know much about sperm whales, they have some of the loudest like vocalizations of any animal. Like you can hear them Mm -hmm. from like hundreds of miles away in the water, like they can hear each other. And if you're really close to them, like the clicks can be loud enough to like rupture eardrums, and like break people. So they got to swim with sperm whales. And now I'm just trying to get to whatever island they were on off the coast of Madagascar so I can at least have a chance to see them. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And then Trip, have you been to the Galapagos? I've not. I want okay, to you gotta you gotta add that to your list then too. The 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 nature stories we've yeah. heard even just today. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit closer to home. So yeah. but there, there's travel and then but now we're talking like travel. travel. So yeah. <laughs> I love Sign it. And up. this type of work kind of opens you up to be able to do that. So thanks for getting, uh, letting us get into your brain a little bit to learn about your experiences, your insights, your learnings here. It's a pleasure as always, Trip. Absolutely. This has been so much fun. Thanks for joining us today. Travel should be an important part of your consideration process to join many management strategy consulting firms. And it was fun today to discuss through with Trip the various benefits as well. Join us next week as we'll wrap up our series with some personal travel stories and vignettes from Naman and me. We'll make sure to hit both some fun and some horror stories. And make sure to check out the other episodes in the series if you still need to catch up. We'll see you next time.